Oklahoma State basketball was wrongfully left out of the NCAA tournament. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And Selection Sunday has come and gone, and the bubble team, Oklahoma State, kind of like I was concerned and worried about, was left out of the field of 68. Now, part of this is to their own fault, but... I think they were largely, wrongfully, I'll even say screwed, out of making the NCAA tournament. When you really look at the resumes and comparisons for some of the teams that got in, looking at the first four, the first four teams that will play and take part in those matchups in Dayton, Arizona State will take on Nevada, and Mississippi State will take on Pitt. Looking at those teams. Nevada has a net ranking of 37. Nevada is the only team of those four that has a better net ranking than Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has a net ranking of 43, Mississippi State 49, and Arizona State 66, Pitt 67. Kim Palm rankings. Oklahoma State has a better Kim Palm ranking than the rest of those teams. 43 for Nevada, 49 for Mississippi State, 68 for Arizona State, and 77 for Pitt. BPI, Oklahoma State has a BPI of 33. Mississippi State, 44. Nevada, 71. Arizona State, 72. And Pitt, 66. Then you look at their Quad 1, Quad 2, and Quad 3 records. Oklahoma State had 18 Quad 1 matches. 18 quad one matchups. They were 6-12. and 12. Yes, 12 losses does not look good. But 6 wins is more than the rest of the teams had in quad one appearances. And outside of Pitt, who was 4-4, four and four, the other teams also had losing records in quad one matchups. Nevada was 4-5 and five in quad one games. Mississippi State was 4-8. and eight, And Arizona State was 5-6. and six. Quad two. Oklahoma State has a better quad two record, four and two, than the other teams. Three and three for Nevada, four and three for Mississippi State, four and five for Arizona State, and three and five for Pittsburgh. Quad three. Now, Oklahoma State had one really bad loss, quad three loss to Southern Illinois. Outside of that, they played fine. They didn't even have that many quad three matchups. They only had four, and they went three and one. Nevada was 11 and two, a majority of of their 22 wins, 21 wins coming in the quad three, five and one for Mississippi State. Arizona State was five and zero, oh, and Pitt was five and one. So they had the really bad quad three loss. But outside of that, their records in quad one, quad two, and quad three are still better than the remaining teams. So when you look at all of that. Unless you're only looking at the fact that they were 18 and 15 in just three games above 500, they were 8 and 10 in their conference. If that's the reason you left them out, then you miss the rest of the stuff. I just I can't wrap my mind around how you leave the Cowboys out of the tournament when you look at the metrics of how they how good they are and how tough the Big 12 was this year and you're putting in teams like Mississippi State, Arizona State, Pitt and Nevada. And I'll look even inside the conference. Look at West Virginia. West Virginia now metric-wise better than Oklahoma State. 25 net ranking to Oklahoma's Oklahoma State's 43. 
17 Kim Palm ranking to Oklahoma State's 38. 23 BPI to Oklahoma State's 33. So you look at all those, sure. West Virginia has the better metrics when it comes to those things. But then you look at quad one, quad two, and quad three. And they were a solid nine seed. West Virginia was not a bubble team. They were a solid nine seed. They had 19 quad one chances, six and 13. They were six and one in quad two and one and oh in quad three. They were six and oh in quad four. Oklahoma State was five and oh in quad four. One game worse in quad one, and the committee, when they interviewed them after the selection Sunday, after they revealed the bracket, they said 18 chances, 6 and 12 wasn't good enough, but 6 and 13 was just fine for West Virginia to lock themselves into a nine seed. And were they that much better than Oklahoma State in the regular season? They were 19 and 14. Oklahoma State's 18 and 15. They split in the regular season. Oklahoma State had the better Big 12 record. The Cowboys were 8 and 10. West Virginia was 7 and 11. So how does West Virginia lock themselves into a 9 seed comfortably? They were never on the bubble. And Oklahoma State gets left out of the tournament. That blows my mind. As soon as I saw some of this stuff revealed and and I was on the side I was on the side of they're not making the tournament. They had to beat Texas, and they didn't do that. They got beat by double digits. Texas goes on to win the whole thing. I I think Texas has a real shot. Uh, they're in the Final Four when I fill out my bracket. So Texas is a very good team. Uh, and I think Texas going on to do what they did should have helped Oklahoma State uh, because Oklahoma State actually played Texas closer than Kansas did in the Big 12 championship game. But to see West Virginia set so comfortably at a nine seed and Oklahoma State to get left out of the tournament when their one game difference, and I talked about it, they needed to go four or three and four down the stretch in the last seven games. They went two and five in a game I felt like they should have won that they didn't was at West Virginia. And if they'd have won that, they'd have been 19 and 14 and West Virginia would be 18 and 15 and West Virginia would be setting at home getting ready to play in the NIT, and Oklahoma State would be a 9 or an 8 seed. Instead, they're getting ready to play in the NIT. They're the number one overall seed in the NIT, but they got left out of the tournament. One game difference, when they have one more quad one loss in Oklahoma State, they were worse in the Big 12. But the the metrics, the net ranking, the Kim Palm ranking, the BPI, the strength of schedule all better, and and the strength of schedule is laughable. I didn't even talk about that with the other teams. Oklahoma State had eighth, the eighth hardest strength of schedule, the eighth best strength of schedule. Mississippi State's the closest at 38. Arizona State is at 55. Nevada, 70. Pitt, 91. West Virginia's five. So, metric-wise... West Virginia is better than Oklahoma State. Record-wise, they're not that much better, and actually, they're worse when you're looking at quad one wins. So if you're going to say that the quad one is what left Oklahoma State out of it, or the metrics are what put West Virginia in it, 
You're contradicting yourself because Oklahoma State metrically is better than Nevada. They're better than Mississippi State. They're better than Arizona State. They're better than Pittsburgh. So I don't get how the Cowboys could be left out of the tournament when those other teams just simply aren't as good. And injuries probably played into it. Report came out today. Chris Harris Jr. tore his ACL, done for the season. Avery Anderson not coming as as long or coming along as well as they'd like to. Uh, I know Rutgers was hurt because of injuries. They they got left out of the tournament allegedly because uh, injury to to one of their their top players. And I'm not even I haven't even talked about Rutgers. Rutgers 40 net ranking. Uh, better than Oklahoma State. Kim Palm, 35, better than Oklahoma State. BPI, 26, better than Oklahoma State. Now, screen the schedule is not as good, 41. And when you look at Rutgers, quad one, quad two, quad three, four and seven, six and three, two and four. So, any any case, I could be sitting here making a case for Rutgers to get into the tournament over Nevada, Mississippi State, Arizona State, and Pittsburgh. So, Oklahoma State, Rutgers screwed in my opinion and really screwed Oklahoma State I, I just when you when you when I looked at everything and broke everything down and I talked about it coming into selection Sunday that I just felt like you couldn't trust the committee to put the Cowboys in the tournament and I was right I was right I, I knew you couldn't trust that Oklahoma State didn't do enough and lost too early in the big 12 tournament and again I it is part of uh, Oklahoma State's fault. You don't lose five of your last six games to end the regular season, and this is a mute discussion. But but they they falter. They lose their last five of the last six. Beat Texas Tech in the season. Had you won two of those games, I, actually I take that back. If you'd have won one of those games, you'd have been in the tournament. One more win would have got them would have got them in. One more win in in those stretch of the last six games w- would have got them in, but they but they didn't, and now they're setting as the first team out. They are the number one overall seed in the NIT. They landed the the top seed in the uh, the uh, national invitational tournament. They will play Youngstown State, but here's the kicker: they don't get to play at home. Normally, they would have played at home all the way through until the Final Four if they'd have made it. But they have to travel to play 8-seed Youngtown State because uh, Gallagher-Iba is being used for, I believe, wrestling. So they have to travel to Youngtown State, and they will play uh, on uh, uh, Wednesday. They play Wednesday. It's on ESPN+. Plus. If you want to watch it, I think they have a really good shot at winning. Uh, now, here's what you don't want to do if you're the Cowboys. You don't want to, you don't want to falter here and lose in the first round to Youngstown State. You you want to put on the best performance possible and play a heck of an NIT. Matter of fact, you might even want to try to go out and win the NIT at least make it to the Elite Eight, the Final Four of the NIT. So, no one can look at you and go, hey, yeah, you, you didn't deserve to be in. Like that Kentucky team a few years ago that lost to Robert Morris. 
don't go out and lose to Robert Morris. But uh, Oklahoma State will play Youngstown State. Then they play the winner of Washington State and Eastern Washington. Washington State, the four seed. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to predict Oklahoma State beats Youngstown State. I think they can beat Washington State. Then they await the winner of North Texas, Alcorn, Sam Houston State, Santa Clara. Whoever can win out of that. I don't see matchup issues for the Cowboys in the NIT. I I 100% believe Oklahoma State can win the whole thing as long as they play good basketball. Forget about the the team that lost five. Five straight, uh, five five straight before the end of the season, and play the games that we saw before, where they had won seven of eight heading into that horrible stretch. Um, there's going to be some rough opponents. North Texas, pretty good. Sam Houston's pretty good. Uh, you could run into Oregon or Florida, Wisconsin or Liberty coming into uh, that out of that out of that side. But the one seeds in the NIT are Oklahoma State, Oregon, Rutgers and Clemson. Looking at some of the other seedings, Michigan is a three seed, Vanderbilt a two seed, uh, Colorado's a three seed, New Mexico a two, Cincy a four. I'm just looking at at the NIT and some of the matchups. I could see Oklahoma State making it to the the NIT championship, and uh, I think it'd be interesting if they they, uh, battled Rutgers. Rutgers in that national championship uh, because those two those are the two teams that had major cases for making the NCAA tournament. But there will be upsets along the way, and I just hope Oklahoma State doesn't get knocked out early and makes a strong case and shows, hey, we did really well in the NIT. Maybe it shouldn't have left us out of the NCAA tournament, especially if uh, one of those teams in Mississippi State, Arizona State, Nevada, or Pittsburgh comes out and uh, lays a dud uh, in in either one of the f- the first four games or in their first round after they make it past the first four games. So Oklahoma State, unfortunately, was the uh, Oklahoma State basketball was the the sad part of the weekend. But baseball, softball continue some fairly hot stretches. Uh, the Cowgirls did lose their first game, ending a uh, big. Winning streak against Florida State. They lost seven to five uh, in that one. It was close. They battled back, got down four two at one point, took a five four lead, and then gave up three runs in the six uh, for the final there to to get the loss. Unfortunately, uh, Lexi Kilfoyle picked up her first loss of the season, and uh, the Cowgirls gave up one run in the second. They gave up three in the fourth. They answered with four of their own in the fourth inning, but uh, just didn't have it enough, and and, uh, honestly, um, the start went to Maxwell, and she probably had her worst, no, no, she did, she did have her worst outing of the season, and when you go three and two in a top five matchup against a really good team like Florida State. And the worst pitcher for you is Kelly Maxwell, who gave up five earned runs, the most she's given up in any game this year. She went five and a third, then Kilfoy came in, went one and two-thirds, gave up two earned runs. But when you look and say, yeah, Kelly Maxwell was our worst pitcher of the weekend, most of the time that's going to be pretty good. 
Maxwell being the worst pitcher of the weekend bodes well for the Cowgirls. And she's not perfect. She's going to sputter a little bit. And Florida State's a very good team. But Oklahoma State does lose the first matchup. But then they come out. They give up seven runs in game one against Florida State. But then come out and they only allow three in the next two games combined. They run-ruled Florida State in the second matchup in a game in which Kyra Aycock came out and pitched another masterpiece. The freshman has really looked good. She pitched all five innings. She gave up just one run. She struck out five. She has gotten better and better and better each and every outing that she has. And then the hitting uh, really picked up in the second game, scoring nine runs. Kylie Naomi got things started. Um, Rachel Becker had a good game. She went uh, two for two. Um, Naomi went one for two. She, she drew a walk. She had two RBIs. Uh, Michaela Work had three RBIs. So great second game performance for the Cowgirls against Florida State. And then uh, they get the 3-2 win on Sunday to wrap up the to wrap up the three-game slate at home against Florida State. Uh, Oklahoma State now 20-2 and after the loss uh, on Friday. But uh, Ma- uh, Maxwell closed things out. She went, a, she went one inning. Kilfoyle picked up uh, the dub. She went six innings. She gave up, she gave up the only two runs. Maxwell came in uh, and cleaned things up for her. Uh, Kilfoyle gave up the one run in the seventh that made it a 3-2 game. Oklahoma State trailed 1-0 for a while, then scored uh, three runs in the bottom of the sixth to take the 3-1 lead, and then Kilfoyle gave up the one run in the seventh, and Maxwell comes in, closes things out, and uh, picks up the save, her second of the season, and another win for the Cowgirls. So Oklahoma State continues to prove that they're one of the best teams in the country, if not the second-best team in the country, and you look at losing seven to five on Friday, bouncing back, run ruling Florida State on Saturday, and then winning a close three to two game where you come back down one zero up into the six. You score three runs, and then you you have a nice little victory there against the Seminoles to finish out the weekend. Improve to twenty and two, and uh, continue to prove why you're one of the best teams. In the country, so looking at uh, some of the matchups uh, coming up, they'll take on Central Arkansas, and then they have the OSU Mizuno Classic coming up this weekend. They'll take on UCF, Arizona State. They'll take on UCF three times, Arizona State two times, but it'll be UCF, ASU, ASU, UCF, UCF, and so that's how the schedule looks coming up for this week for the Cowgirls softball team. And then looking at Oklahoma State, they stay hot. As uh, they continue their winning streak, um, they have now won, let's see here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 straight games, setting at 14 and 3. And uh, they're, they're doing it in a multitude of ways. Um, they played a little four-game slate against Utah Tech. They won 11 to one in seven innings, then 10-4, then 9-3, then 9-4. They have just looked great. There, I feel like I just scroll Twitter when I when I can't watch the games. I scroll on Twitter and look at updates, and I feel like like I can scroll for about 30 minutes and 
I see like six home runs have been hit. It feels like I'm constantly scrolling and seeing, oh, that's a gap shot for uh, Schubert, or that's a gap shot for another player, and it's just crazy how, how many it seems like home runs this team uh, is hitting. Uh, in a four-game slate, they scored 39 runs, um, outscoring Utah Tech 39 to 12 in four games. They take on Dallas Baptist coming up, and then a three-game slate. They'll get into Big 12 play as uh, we look at the weekend taking on Texas Tech. So Oklahoma State baseball, softball, uh, hot right now. And then Oklahoma State basketball getting set to uh, play in the NIT. And then the Oklahoma State cowgirl basketball team is the eighth seed in that tournament. The Cowgirls go 21-11 and in J.C. Hoyt's first season as the Cowgirls basketball coach. 10-8 and in conference play. I want to say they finished fourth in the regular season, made it to the final four of the women's tournament, and will take on Miami, Florida in the first round of that tournament, of the women's tournament, the Cowgirls. If they are to beat Miami, looks like more than likely they will take on Indiana. So they have the one seed, Indiana, coming in. Uh, to that second round if they get past Miami. So congrats to the Cowgirls on making the women's side of the tournament, and congrats to J.C. Hoyt in her first season leading the Cowgirls to the women's tournament. So uh, still a big weekend despite uh, the the upset uh, of not getting into the tournament for the Cowboys. Big week still in sports. Baseball, softball's got some fun games. Cowgirls are in the tournament. And Oklahoma State has a chance to prove people wrong by leaving them out if they compete really hard and play well in the NIT. I am Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening. This has been the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.